From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Welcome to Monday. We're glad to get the week started with you, and I trust we're going to have a good time. Now, today we're going to hear part three of the message that we did part one and two of on Thursday and Friday. It's entitled, There's Still Water in the Well, and we're going to finish that up today, and I trust this has been a help to you. I'm getting back from my trip to Slidell, Louisiana today, and tomorrow we'll be back to that series that we've been doing on Precious Promises. So be with us all the week. We're going to have a great time and look forward to being able to just talk together about the things of the Lord. Open the Bible up every day and spend some time giving the gospel, getting out the message of salvation, and encouraging every single one of us who are saved to live for the Lord, to walk with Him. I mean, we're going to have a good week, so I hope you'll join me every day that you possibly can. Now, let's get right to the message. This is part three of a message I did in a conference a while back, and it's entitled, There's Still Water in the Well. It's money to buy ropes. It costs money to buy buckets. And somebody, somebody has to man those wells. The preacher can't run all the bus routes. The preacher can't do everything. Somebody, somebody has to help to get the water out of the well. By the way, you can't live without that water. can't live without it. And I just want you to know tonight, there's, there's still water in God's well. When I open up this Bible, I'm telling you, when I open this Bible that I have in front of me, and I'm serious about what I said a little while ago, it is, it is God's inspired, forever preserved, flawlessly perfect, fully powerful word. And when somebody, some publisher, or whoever it is, decides that they want to tinker with the Bible, they're not getting a nickel of my money. They are not getting a nickel of my money. By the way, you can, you can call the sword of the Lord every hour on the hour and check and double check, but if you want to buy a bad Bible, you're not going to get it from us. You say, well, you can make a lot of money selling all kinds, just feeding whatever people. I, I, you probably are right about that, but we're not going to do it. Never have, and we're not going to start now. The fact of the matter is, this book is God's precious word. And whenever you and I give out the word and preach the word and tell people what's in the book, it produces Every once in a while, somebody will say to me, you know, I've read that verse over and over and over and over again, and, and every time I read, well, I, I see things in it that I didn't see before. I'm telling you, that's the way the Bible is. You can take texts that are so familiar that everybody can quote it with their eyes closed, and I promise you, you can't preach it dry. It's got stuff in it. The Bible well, there's water down in that well. Let's don't trash it. You're going to hear some good music here this week. By the way, music's God's gift to us too. We're not going to uh, we're not going to do a bunch of those little silly ditties. Not on this platform. We're not going to do it. And the good, solid, evangelistic style, soul-winning music, I'm telling you, it still works. And we don't have to garbage up our music to reach a lost world. By the way, 
I'm, I'm just weary of people trashing the local church. Trashing it. I mean, I, I, hear, I hear people even in fundamentalism talking about, talking about, well, you know, they just, I mean, it's like, now look, the church is God's idea. God designed this thing and it only goes awry when you and I start thinking we've got to do something to appease a lost world. You don't reach a lost world by getting like them. You reach a lost world by showing them that there's a difference between who we are and what they are. You know, the soul winning well still produces too. A lot of folks have lost their soul winning bucket though. They hadn't bought a soul winning rope. There's water in that well, but they're not drawn out of it. Oh, that, 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 that soul winning thing, that's, that's like work. Oh, you're right, it's like work. But I'm telling you, if you get out and about and knock doors and see people and go where people are, there are people everywhere like the Samaritan woman who need to hear from us. By the way, preaching is still on God's agenda as well. We've entered into an era where conversational dialogue from the platform is what is being advocated. It's like, well, you, you get up and you get up in front of the people and you talk too loud and you push too hard and, and, and so on and so forth. Last time I checked, the Bible does say something about the cross being offensive. Now, that doesn't mean that you and I ought to be offensive with it. What it means is when we hold the cross up and the message of the cross of Christ it becomes confrontational with lost sinners. I mean, you hold the cross up like it ought to be held up and a lost sinner is going to say, oh! They're going to react. You need to expect that. They're going to react because it confronts them. I mean, Jesus could have said to this woman at the well, oh, it's so nice that you've had so many relationships. He said, lady, I don't know what the truth is. You've been married five times and you're shacked up. That's, that's in the Greek. I got that out of the Greek. I mean, I mean he, he, could have, he could have just steered around all that. He went right straight into the wheelhouse where he needed to be. Somewhere along the way, we need to warm up the pulpit again. Get ourselves spirit-filled. And learn to walk a holy walk. Part of the reason the world mocks at us is because we skate so close to the edge. We're trying so hard to be like them. And that's, that doesn't fit in with that concept of holy, H-O-L-Y. I'm just saying there's water in that well. The Bible well, the church well, soul winning well, the preaching well, there's, there's water there. Life-giving water. When I came to the sword 16 plus years ago now, I thank God I didn't have to dig the well. Dr. John had already done it. And not only had he dug the well and kept it clean for a lot of years, but 
My dear friend and predecessor, Dr. Curtis Hudson, was there for a little over 14 years, and he fought the battles, stood up, said what ought to be said, took some hard stands when he had to. I'm glad that he did it. When I, when I, when I became editor six, 16 plus years ago, I didn't have to dig the well, but the responsibility became mine to just do everything I could to keep the well clean. And so, I basically, I crawled up on the shoulders. I crawled up on the shoulders of Dr. John Rice and Dr. Curtis Hudson. And I just said, I'm not going to reinvent what they did. I'm not going to set out to totally put everything aside that they created and invented. No, I'm going to build upon that. I'll man the ship that they handed to me. Our nation, every last one of us who are citizens of this country, we didn't dig the well. Somebody else dug the well. Thank God for those men at Valley Forge. Thank God for those men who went across the ocean in the Second World War and those who went to Vietnam and Korea and other such places as that and defended our freedom and those who are over there now in places doing what they're doing, standing in the, in the gap for us and doing what ought to be done and defending and protecting America and providing our freedom for us. Hey, we didn't, we didn't dig that well, but thank God that somebody did greatest nation on the planet for 200 plus years. Somebody needs to say, we're not going to trash the well. We're going to keep the well clean. There are generations coming and they need to have that freedom. They need to have a country to live in. There are a few of you in this room who dug the well for your church because you started the church. But most of us have a church or we're in a church where somebody else dug the well. We've come along after the well was dug. And it's our responsibility to keep that thing running like it's supposed to run. It's our responsibility to keep the well clean. You got to learn to say no and say it often. You got to stand up to be counted. You know, I, I look at, I look at where, where I am today and, and I sometimes I think back and I remember when Dr. John fought a, fought a certain battle and did certain things and, and I, I remember some of that and I remember all of the things that Dr. Hudson did, uh, you know, the battles that, that, he, that he was into and, and, and I, I look at all that and I say, oh, boy, it's great. I'm, I'm glad Dr. Hudson stood up. I'm glad Dr. John did that. But I'll tell you, we, we'll just let what they did suffice and we'll all just be nice to each other. And Oh, wait a minute. There, there's, there's things coming down the pike all the time. Every generation, every generation has to be determined else the well will get trashed while you have hold of it. Same thing could be said about your family. When Betty and I married, just two kids fresh out of high school, we both had gleaned a lot from our families. In fact, just about everything we knew about home and family and marriage and all we'd, we'd gotten from our families. And I can't tell you, I mean, I mean, if, if you could listen to our conversation over and over again, I mean, there's... There's rarely a day, I'll say rarely a day goes by between the two of us 
where that I don't quote my daddy, my mother, her daddy, her mother, or she quotes one of the four of them over some little something. I mean, it's, it's every day, and it's been that way through all the years. You say, what's the deal? Why? Hey, hey, listen, we, yeah, we, we dug our little family well, but I'm telling you, we didn't start from scratch. We built on what had been handed to us, and, and through all of the years, we've just, been, we've just been digging at it and digging at it and fighting for it, and I'm telling you, it's worth every energy. Everything that matters to us, somebody dug the well. It's up to us to keep the well and share the water. Now, if there's not a well where you are, dig it. If there is one, use it and keep it and share it with somebody else. Because the truth of the matter is, almost everything that you and I are into, a generation ago, two generations ago, three generations ago, somebody, somebody dug the well. And now we get to enjoy it. But what we're doing in our generation, it matters for those coming after us. And I hope, oh, I hope, in every, every little town, every big city, every country place, out across this nation, I pray that we'll not drop the ball. Well, dear friends, we are finishing up that message now entitled, There's Still Water in the Well. And I trust the playing of that message over the last three days has been a help to you. Now, tomorrow we're going to get back to that series on precious promises, and we'll be doing that over the days just ahead. So I hope you'll plan to join me on the broadcast tomorrow, and let's look forward to that. In the meantime, again, I'd like to send you a sample copy of our newspaper, The Sword of the Lord. I will do that free of charge. I think you'll find it very, very helpful. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And listen, we'll get together here again tomorrow, so I trust you'll join me then. Until that time, may the Lord richly bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.